You're listening to Catholic Family Podcast. Greetings, fellow travelers through the liturgical year. My name is Lisa Davis, and this is a Feast Day Quick Take on the Feast of the Apparitions of Our Lady at Lourdes. It was on this date, February 11th, 1858, that a beautiful lady appeared to a poor and sickly girl in a cave on the outskirts of a small town in France. The girl's name was Bernadette, the oldest of the five surviving children of Francois and Louise Soubirou. The site may have been about the least likely of places for a heavenly visitation. The cave at Masabiel was used as a dump, a poor place even for Bernadette and her companions to gather the firewood that they'd been sent to gather. Nevertheless, it was here that the Blessed Mother, whose identity remained a mystery at first, chose to appear to a simple French peasant girl. Though St. Bernadette saw Our Lady eighteen times in all, and during those visits asked the beautiful lady three times if she would share her name, it wasn't until the Feast of the Annunciation, on March 25th of that year, that the Damiazello, or Acero, as Bernadette called her, revealed herself, saying, I am the Immaculate Conception. It was in this way that our Blessed Mother affirmed the title of the Immaculate Conception, a dogma which had only recently been declared by the Church. Four years previous, in 1854, Pope Pius IX proclaimed the Most Blessed Virgin Mary was, from the first moment of her conception, by a singular grace and privilege of the Almighty God, and by virtue of the merits of Jesus Christ, Savior of the human race, preserved immune from all stain of original sin. By this apparition at Lourdes, the Blessed Mother put her stamp of approval upon the dogma of the Immaculate Conception, and in participating in giving glory to the Father in Heaven through this understanding of the Virgin Mary's unique worthiness to be the Mother of God, Bernadette began her path to sanctity, and it was not an easy path. Chosen for her extreme simplicity, to be sure, to carry the message of the Immaculate Conception, Bernadette did not begin as a paragon of all virtues, but struggled like we all do to perfect her soul during her short 36 years. The critical eye of the public and the skeptical eye of the church were harsh upon her from the first moment the world heard of the apparitions, and hers being a naturally stubborn temperament, Bernadette often battled to keep her temper against the constant distracting onslaught of curiosity seekers. When she became a nun at the convent of the Sisters of Charity in Navarre, at 22 years old, the cynicism and persecution continued. She had always suffered from severe asthma and continued to experience poor health throughout her short life, but she suffered especially under the strict discipline and criticism of her superiors at the convent. It's possible that God ordained this difficulty to perfect her soul in humility, but it is certain that in spite of the challenges, Bernadette did achieve heights of holiness with the help of her beautiful lady, suffering patiently through discord within the convent, her long illness, and the turmoil that accompanied her fame. On April 16, 1879, after a long and painful fight against tuberculosis, Bernadette died in the odor of sanctity and passed easily through the rigorous trials and examinations of the canonization process of the Church. She was beatified in 1925 and canonized by Pope Pius XI in 1933. Her body is one of the few that God has allowed to remain incorrupt. Though her features have been covered with a thin veil of wax, the body of St. Bernadette is whole and entire today. Following is the account of the apparition 
in the words of St. Bernadette herself. I had gone down one day with two other girls to the bank of the river Gav, when suddenly I heard a kind of rustling sound. I turned my head toward the field by the side of the river, but the trees seemed quite still, and the noise was evidently not from them. Then I looked up and caught sight of the cave, where I saw a lady wearing a lovely white dress with a bright belt. On top of each of her feet was a pale yellow rose, the same color as her rosary beads. At this I rubbed my eyes, thinking I was seeing things, and I put my hands into the folds of my dress where my rosary was. I wanted to make the sign of the cross, but for the life of me I couldn't manage it, and my hand just fell down. Then the lady made the sign of the cross herself, and at the second attempt I managed to do the same, though my hands were trembling. Then I began to say the rosary, while the lady let her beads slip through her fingers, without moving her lips. When I stopped saying the Hail Mary, she immediately vanished. I asked my two companions if they had noticed anything, but they said no. Of course they wanted to know what I was doing, and I told them that I had seen a lady wearing a nice white dress, though I didn't know who she was. I told them not to say anything about it, and they said I was silly to have anything to do with it. I said they were wrong, and I came back next Sunday feeling myself drawn to the place. The third time I went, the lady spoke to me and asked me to come every day for fifteen days. I said I would, and then she said that she wanted me to tell the priest to build a chapel there. She also told me to drink from the stream. I went to the Gav, the only stream I could see. Then she made me realize she was not speaking of the Gav, and she indicated a little trickle of water close by. When I got to it, I could only find a few drops, mostly mud. I cupped my hands to catch some liquid without success, and then I started to scrape the ground. I managed to find a few drops of water, but only at the fourth attempt was there sufficient amount for any kind of drink. The lady then vanished, and I went back home. I went back each day for two weeks, and each time except one Monday and one Friday, the lady appeared and told me to look for a stream and wash in it, and to see the priests build a chapel there. I must also pray, she said, for the conversion of sinners. I asked her name many times, and what she meant by that, but she only smiled. Finally, with outstretched arms and eyes looking up to heaven, she told me she was the Immaculate Conception. During the two weeks, she told me three secrets, but I was not to speak about them to anyone, and so far I have not. This was written in 1861. Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, pray for us. St. Bernadette, pray for us. And this is Lisa, signing off. You've been listening to the Catholic Family Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, Please share it with your friends and family. You can support the production on Patreon and PayPal, and you can reach Kevin at kevin89davis at gmail.com. At Majorum de Gloriam. All for the greater glory of God. <laughs>